Blog Talk Radio. And I Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This podcast is made possible by Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Alexis Jones. Alexis writes the column, Always Looking Forward, at Huntington's Disease News. She's 22 and was diagnosed as a Huntington's gene carrier earlier this year. Additionally, she works in healthcare consulting, which she started after graduating undergrad from MIT. Alexis, thanks so, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, we're just going to jump right into questions here. My first question for you is, um, as somebody who's also tested positive, I was curious, uh, why did you decide to test at the age of 22? Uh, so I had been considering getting tested earlier, uh, but I didn't want to get tested uh, before my mom knew because if I had the genes, then I would be telling her her status as well. So that always holds me back. But the driver behind wanting to get tested was I was going to find out eventually, like, that's something you one day do find out. And unknowns for me are always going to be worse than knowing something because you can't prepare for things that you don't know. Uh, but getting tested wasn't going to change my genome. Like whether or not I had the gene was a static thing. Um, so for me, being curious about it for however many years would have been a lot worse than just getting the news of whether or not I had it. And then I could prepare my future and make whatever choices I needed to make to make sure I was in the best spot if I did have it, which turns out I do. Yeah. And I have to agree with you. That's, that's honestly the whole reason that I tested was just because, um, I do better with knowing compared to not knowing. And so um, when I tested, that that was a big driving force for me. So it's nice to talk with somebody who um, who had that same mindset. Yeah, um, I, some people tried to talk me out of getting tested, but my mom knew that as soon as she got a positive result, that that would be my first uh, action would be to get tested as well. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your testing process and what you went through, what it was like to get your results? Yeah, so I got the news from my mom in December of 2018. Um, and then 
I was at home on break from school. So I got back and contacted Beth Israel Hospital because they were uh, the easiest center of excellence hospital in the Boston area to get an appointment with. Uh, but they do testing. They do like a Huntington's clinic on the first Monday of every month. Um, I had class from 9.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. with very few breaks. Um, so I went to make my appointment, the only appointment they had for the following month. So I think when I finally got to make an appointment, I was looking at March. Um, and the only appointment they had was during an exam, so I couldn't take that appointment. Uh, but she, while on the phone trying to schedule the appointment, she was also trying to talk me out of doing it um, for the reason of like it possibly affecting my health insurance in the future, uh, which at this point, uh, I don't think it will because uh, luckily, people are very attached to the pre-existing condition uh, issue in law, so it's going to be hard to not give me health insurance, uh, even though I know the gene status. Uh, so that I finally got an appointment in on April 1st to get the blood results. So I went in, and I had to talk to a team and get a neurology exam, and all of it was, it took a long period of time when the test is just getting my blood drawn. So it was a very ridiculous process of having to defend why I wanted to know. Like, I don't think that I should have to explain to people my reasoning. And the whole time it kind of felt that if I didn't give them a satisfactory reason, they weren't going to give the test. Like it, they had the ability to withhold my own medical information from me. And I didn't like that feeling at all. Uh, so I just kind of left that appointment really irritated and angry because I was being charged for a neurology exam, which I don't need at the age of 22 because I was definitely going to be asymptomatic. Um, I didn't have to defend to multiple people my reasoning for getting it done when I know myself better than they do. And I grew up with my grandfather having the disease. My mom's been tested positive. Like I know the emotional effects of that news. And I made the conscious decision to do the test. Uh, so it was just a really frustrating process of consistently having to defend my reasoning. So I got my blood drawn, which I hate needles, but I did that. Um, and then it was, about four weeks before I got my news. And those four weeks, I think, were some of the most stressful times um, because there was nothing I could do. There was no decisions to make. Um, I was just watching the clock tick down. So my, I got really bad anxiety during those four weeks. Um, and then I went in for... They don't give the results over the phone, so I had to, I scheduled it for a Friday when I didn't have class, and some of my closest friends accompanied me because they were all like, we're not going with, like, you're not going without us, like, uh, so I had 
four of my closest friends there. And they all went in the room with me because I wasn't going to tell one of them that they had to wait in the waiting room because that person definitely would have been offended. So they all went with me into this very cramped room full of a full team of uh, medical people. And I knew the results as soon as I walked in the room and saw that many people all with sad faces on. Like, it was very apparent before they opened the envelope. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends had my parents on the phone uh, on speaker because they're in the Chicago area. So they couldn't be there for that news. And she opened up the envelope and asked me if I had any questions before they began. And I was like, no. So she read the results, went through, like, we're here if you need us, and kind of went through the whole spiel of what it meant, how many repeats I had, and those kind of things. And then asked me how I was, and I kind of was processing through my emotions and everything, and the driving feeling I had in that moment was, like, physical hunger because it was 2 p.m. and I had yet to eat lunch. Um. So I just responded that I was hungry because in uh, more emotional situations, my first kind of instinct is to make jokes um, and kind of lighten the mood. And the mood in the room was very somber, um, which is not kind of a comfortable mood to be in the middle of and kind of for it all to be about. Like, the whole somber mood was solely because of my results and didn't like that feeling. So I made a joke. Um, And then they asked me if I had any questions and things like that. And so then we went and left to get lunch. My parents were definitely, I think, affected by this news. Uh, So I called them after lunch, and they had been crying and were very upset. But... Like, from the hours on, days on, for me, it was very much, like, what in that moment changed in my life. Like, my genes had always been the same. Like, I was born with this. Nothing there had changed. I just knew the information. I was still had to graduate school. That was coming up. Still had to do homework. Um, I was still about to start a new job. Still apartment hunting. Like, all of these things were still going to happen. So, for me, nothing actually changed in that moment. Um, so, focusing on that and just continuing to do the things I needed to do and remember that my life hadn't changed, everything went a lot smoother. And my anxiety, once I knew the information, my anxiety went so much like further down because it was no longer something I was obsessing about or worrying about. Like, this is a fact I'm going to have to deal with it and I can prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, um, it's so tough and I, I have to commend you for going through the process and, um, and especially when, like you said, you, you have people who are pushing to, medical professionals even who are pushing to not um, test very much feels like they're trying to convince you not to do it. Um, So I commend you for for going through the process and I'm very glad that you had 
the support that you did and you had so much support. Um, not everybody has that and it's so important to have that support. So, and I really appreciate that you shared something so intimate and um, so difficult. Yeah, I'm, I've always tried to be a fairly open person. Um, I, for me, I tried to like be an open book and kind of explain like who I was and not try and hide things because I don't think anything like, yes, there are things that are very personal, but at the same time, like, for instance, my Huntington status, it's just a fact about me. Like Mm -hmm. for me, it's not like, I don't like the idea of it being a secret or something that I hide or anything like that. It's a part of me. Um, And one day it'll like be a big factor in my life. So for me, like, it's just something else. People who I'm like friends with and know things about me should also know about me. Right. So how does all of this affect your relationships? I think I've been really lucky with the people in my life um, in that, like, one of, a few of my friends were really upset by the news and worried about me, but they also respected, like, how I was looking at everything. Uh, And then in my dating life, I've also been lucky that it really hasn't affected my dating life at all. I've known my whole life that Huntington's ran in my family because my grandfather had it when I was a child. So I've always been kind of upfront with people that I was seeing seriously, but this was something in my life and something in my family. And I was making the assumption that I had it before I knew. And I had just started seeing somebody right after I got the results. And I also told him about it. And I, he was extremely supportive and we're still seeing each other now. So I've been really lucky that it hasn't affected my relationships at all. You write a column on Huntington's Disease News, which the website for that is www.huntingtonsdiseasenews.com. And the column is titled Always Looking Forward. What made you decide to start writing this column? So my dad also has a column on there called A Family Tradition, and he is the caregiver for my mom. So he had been writing the column for a little bit, and I had I knew they were writing it, and I had read a few columns, but for me it was a lot harder to read those columns because <coughs> I'm very close to my mother. So... I hadn't read all of them, but I had read a few of them, and they were looking for another columnist. And I was like, you know, I think that what I, like, I have a very distinct perspective as, like, a young person that's been tested, and it seems like it's not necessarily a route that most people go. At least I don't know many people who got tested in my family before they had to. So I was like, I think I have a perspective to offer. And I thought this could also be a really 
good way for me to work through my own feelings about it and really explore the different ways it does and does not affect my life. So I was interested in the columnist position, applied for it and got the job. And I think it's been a really great opportunity to do everything I set out to do. And I've gotten some really great comments on my articles and people reaching out to me just saying that my column has been really great for them. And they feel, some people have uh, expressed that they feel less alone because of it. The fact that I could have that effect on somebody's life is really amazing for me. Oh, absolutely. And I've got to say that I love the column. Um, You know, when I first started reading it, uh, it just, it's one, I can relate because I've tested positive, but mm-hmm. um, it's also just how you articulate everything and really put those, those feelings on there uh, in a way that everybody can understand. So I, I just really love the column and I really am glad that you started it. Um, Thank you. And the, you're welcome. So the first post I actually read was why I dislike being called strong. And this post really um, spoke to me. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so once I, when I got tested, um, I, nothing in my life stopped. Like, my due dates were still the same. And I didn't really have time to stop moving at all. Like, I still had to find an apartment before I graduated. So I just kept going through my life and reminding myself that nothing changed. And people kept telling me how strong I was for that. And I, my, that reaction to that was being a bit mad at the comment. So I had to really think about why I had a problem with it. And I realized that while this was coming from a very great place from my friends, um, they were marveling at the fact that I didn't completely break down at the news. And I didn't think that me not doing that made me strong. Um, I just didn't really have an option to process it all at once. Like I still had to keep moving. So I didn't like that implication that because I wasn't crying, that I was strong, or if that I had cried and broken down, that that would have made me weak. And I just really disagreed with that. So I thought that it would be a good article to explain that just because you break down doesn't make you weak. And just because you, like, not breaking down isn't a sign of strength. Very good post. Your most recent post talks about cognitive dissonance. So can you explain this to us? Yeah, so cognitive dissonance is where you have two beliefs. Like you believe in two things to be true that cannot be true simultaneously. So for me in Huntington, I have that very greatly with the seeing of my future and seeing my mom's future. Um, Very close with my mother. 
and the idea of there not being treatment for her is something that I can't actually believe to be true because it would just hurt too much. But when looking at my own future, which treatment needs for me are going to be far after the treatment needs for her. But for me, I function as when making life decisions, assuming that there won't be treatment, which if there is treatment for her, there will definitely be treatment for me. But I make these decisions believing that there won't be. So making sure I put enough money in my 401k, like thinking about long-term, what city do I want to be in near, if I'm going to be having a team of doctors, what team of doctors do I need to live near? And those kind of things shape my vision for my future. But if I'm believing that there's going to be a treatment available for my mom, that I can't, that can't be true and there still not be a treatment for me. So that's what cognitive dissonance is. In your most recent post, you say, I think it is likely that a medical breakthrough will happen in my future, but I plan my life in ways that presume that to be untrue. This means thinking about career path as being shortened or ensuring that I put enough savings in 401k. Um, so this this portion really spoke to me. It's been 13, almost 14 years since I tested positive, but I still find myself doing this sometimes as well, though not as much as when I first tested. I, how do you, especially the part where, um, you know, for some reason we we think, okay, well, we can't have the career we want because we're going to have Huntington's or we can't have um, just certain things in our lives because we're going to have Huntington's. That's a huge struggle, I think, throughout the Huntington's community. I know I struggle with it, and I've met others who do. But how do you think we deal with this cognitive dissonance, dissonance when living with HD? Yeah, so I think, like, I've been really lucky that I, my mom has always told me, like, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Um I mean, I live in Boston, and traffic here is terrible, and there's literally any moment that I leave my house, I could get hit by a car. So I try not to prevent myself from having things because this bad thing is going to happen, whereas I know that I've had commenters say that they don't want to date because of this issue that they're going to face. Uh, So I've tried really hard not to prevent myself from having things I want because of that. Like, I always try and make sure I'm still going to be happy. Um, But I also still plan for worst-case scenarios. And I think why we do that is, like, I think people like to feel as prepared as they can because feeling unprepared and knowing that something bad is going to happen is just a, not a great feeling. Um, so it can be really easy to not let yourself enjoy things because of that worry. And I think it takes a lot of reminding yourself that you can't necessarily see what the future is going to hold and control what's going to happen 
before you can start allowing yourself to still have the things you want, even with this in the future. But I do still try and prepare for things without doing anything that would be detrimental to myself. So things like making sure I have enough in retirement plans for that time, uh, because that doesn't prevent me from doing anything I want now, except maybe having too much Starbucks. But <laughs> like I, I try and do things that are going to be good for my future, but not detrimental to my now. Gotcha. And I think that can be like a hard balance to find. It is, yes. Do you have any final thoughts for us before we end our show? Yeah. Um, I think that getting tested young should be much less stigmatized. I think it has been, like, while the news, yes, was hard to hear, it technically didn't change my future. Like, I was going to have Huntington's no matter what. And I think that it should be a lot easier for somebody of, without getting to the point of being worried about symptoms to know that you're going to reach that point. And there should be a lot less barriers to know because it was a very expensive process for me to go through because I got charged for a neurology exam at 22 that I didn't need. Um, mm-hmm. And I really had to fight to know my own medical information. And I didn't, I don't think that should be the case. I get that these processes are in place because the news can be really hard for some people, but I don't think just because I'm young, I should be treated like a child when I have made this decision to know, especially when I grew up with the knowledge that I could have it. That's kind of what I hope I can accomplish. That that's a change I can make in some future. Well, Alexis, I have to say that um, you're just amazing. I'm so glad that you came on the show um, and talked with us and shared your story. I greatly appreciate it. And um, thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely. And if uh, anybody wants to read her column, it is on HuntingtonsDiseaseNews.com, titled "Always Looking Forward." I will also share that on the show page for everybody um, in case you would like to read it. I personally love to read it. I go and check on HuntingtonsDiseaseNews.com all the time to see if you've got updates. So um, Every Friday. Free Friday. Okay, great. So thank you again for coming on, and we are going to end our show for today. Alexis, you have a wonderful day. You as well. Thanks. Take care. <laughs>